welcome to Game Set Match Up, the podcast where we talk everything partnerships, the good, the bad and the ugly. Welcome to Game Set Match Up, the podcast where we discuss all things partnerships. I'm your host, Greg Watts, and I'm joined today by our guest, Rebecca Dibb-Simpkin, Global Ooh. Director of Product and Marketing at Octopus Energy Group. Rebecca, hello and welcome. Hello, hello. Delighted to be here. Very exciting. We are equally delighted and excited to, to have you on. Thank you for giving us your time. Now, starting off with a, an overview. Now, we've known each other for a few years. There, I said, approaching obviously over a decade. Obviously, we started work when we were 15. Perhaps you can tell us a little bit more about you, because our guests don't yet know you, and your role and your background. Brilliant. I would love to. So I am currently responsible for all product development and marketing at Octopus Energy Group, which I joined four years ago when it was a small UK-based energy retailer, energy startup. And we've expanded pretty rapidly since then. So we, we talk about ourselves as we're an energy technology business taking cheaper, greener power around the world. And we've got around 3 million customers in the UK under our retail brand, Octopus Energy. But we also license our technology to other businesses, license our platform. And we are now in 12 countries around the world, either as our own brand, Octopus Energy, or through licensing partnerships. So what was that growth like, experiencing it? I mean, you've, you know, you've been, you joined when Octopus was pretty small based you know in an office in in soho and you're now in all of these markets you're you're huge what's that growth been like to experience it's a bit surreal actually that i still Mm. kind of feel like we're in a little office in soho and when i moved to octopus so i worked for british guests beforehand i was in the hive business and actually one of my one of my colleagues there was a bit kind of like gosh you know you're going to what another energy startup but Having met the CEO of Octopus, I felt that these guys were a bit different. They had a vision to do things differently, and they were from a technology background. So they were building new systems to make it much the interactions with customers and to interact with the energy supply chain much better. And I just mm. felt like they were the ones to take a punt on. It was a bit of a, a big move for me. So I'm the breadwinner at home. Uh, my other half was a British Gas engineer, actually, until quite recently, which was interesting as Octopus grew and British Gas kind of um, you know grew a bit less. And, um, you know, we've a big move to go from kind of safe middle management, a, a big business like that to a little startup that could have gone anywhere. But yeah, just incredible growth. We just never stopped. We never kind of paused really to, to look at what we've achieved. I suppose we just keep going. There's so much to do that it's always like the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. There's a massive, massive hunger here to get bigger and do things better and keep running. Well, you, you, this leads very nicely into the next question. I mean, there was, what, you know, what drew you into what you're doing now and how did you end up running uh, this these huge global teams, and you, you you partially answered this, but all alongside having a family of four under tens. And how did you manage work life during the pandemic? That must have been challenging, to say the least. Well, yes, mm. I mean, I mean, maybe not that challenging because I had so I had my third baby at the beginning of lockdown, March twenty twenty, and then I wow. had my fourth baby in May twenty twenty one. So clearly, I got a little bit overly bored with lockdown. I didn't really have to because. <laughs> Actually, I had, you know, went off my maternity leave to have the baby and then everything happened. And because I'm a director in this business and I've got quite a big team and, you know, I, I was worried, you know, it was a stressful time. I was worried about, like everyone was, it, it was incredibly difficult and I wanted to kind of come back in to, to support the team and was lucky enough to work from home during during that time as as everyone else was as well, I suppose. So it was it was fairly easy to 
to balance things and keep my mind occupied by being busy with both work and family and, and be at home and, and there for them. And I suppose I've always, I suppose if I had a superpower, it would be able to juggle stuff. Like I seem to, you know, I'm like the world's best project manager. I can, you know, juggle a lot of shit at the same time. And when I joined Octopus, actually, I said to, when I had my interview with the CEO and he said, I've kind of got space in product and in, in marketing. And I said, well, who would my team be? And he says, we don't really work like that. And I said, okay, well, who will do <laughs> stuff for me? And he said, that's the right question. And that's very much what we're like here. It's like, you don't, you know, come in as a senior person and get given a team. You know, we find interesting people still now and we bring them in, then we see who are the leaders. And if you lead, I think people will follow. And if you lead and you set out clear direction and you're good to work with, I hope that people will kind of flock to your banner rather than being told that they have to serve in your ranks. So I would hope the fact that I kind of now run a big team is because people like to work with me and think that I'm, you know, delivering interesting stuff for them to do in an engaging and stimulating environment in which they work. So that's how I think I got here. Well, that really resonates with me, you know, running a startup. We talk about what behaviors do you need to be successful in a startup? And quite frankly, I think in any business, and it is one of rolling sleeves up and hustling. And if you as the leader can't do what you're asking your teams to do, how can they, how does that work? That really resonates. I mean, to create a culture like that, going through the hypergrowth that you're going through is really quite remarkable. Again, this actually leads on to the next question. What career advice would you give to your younger self starting out? Perhaps the, the do's and the don'ts. But it's interesting. I remember having several conversations with, with you, Greg, actually, early in my career when I was very hungry for the next thing, you know, always like, why haven't I achieved this yet or that yet or all that yet? And you were, you were very <laughs> wise and, you know, talked about, you know, gaining as much experience as, as you can, but things will come in time. And, and I, I think it's difficult to, you know, you, you look back with sage advice, don't you really, about get as, get as much experience as you can, but actually realize there's no substitute for experience. And, Someone actually, the, the same boss that we that we had at the time, Katie Bostet, said to me once, the only difference between a graduate and the CEO is judgment. Yeah. And I use that line all the time with my team. In fact, I used it yesterday. That is the only thing that you just learn over time, how to judge things and how to make decisions on things. And that that does take a little bit of time and different experiences. So always challenge yourself with trying to do new things, say yes to opportunities but also appreciate that, you know, sometimes, yeah, you need to have a bit of experience under your belt. Sometimes that can be fast-tracked. So I'm not saying that people who are quite young can't do incredible things, but, you know, you need to build up your judgment, I think, to, to uh, really fly in your career. Oh, that, that's very, 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 very sage advice. I, I would also possibly add that if it feels slightly uncomfortable, then that's a good thing. Because if it feels slightly uncomfortable, I think that that suggests that you're learning something new because it's good to not, it's really good to not have the answers all the time, because otherwise I think that would be boring. And so yeah, it's, it's interesting. So my, my boss, the CEO <laughs> of, uh, of Octopus, Greg Jackson, often says being an entrepreneur is a bit like strapping yourself to a boulder and throwing oh, yeah. the boulder off the cliff and then yep. trying to keep up, which is fabulous, right? We're just going, we're going, we're going, we're going. Let's see if work because we've gone. We've just gone, you know, yeah. it's wonderful. Oh, that, yeah, that, yeah, that resonates. I mean, you've got to enjoy a roller coaster, like and just holding on for sheer life. And there are extreme highs, and I wouldn't say there are extreme lows. There aren't extreme lows, but there are there are the not so highs sometimes. That's for sure. Well, look, having created products and services and partnerships for most of your career, you know, with some of the largest brands in the world, what are your top tips? And you've touched on some of them anyway already. But you're kind of your handbook of getting things launched, if you like. I shouldn't really say this, but I want to say, what's your handbook of getting shit done? But that's probably a bit bad. But anyway, what's your handbook of getting things launched? 
So, yeah, very interesting. I never wanted to be a marketer. I was going to be an accountant, actually. And then I saw a brilliant long copy ad on the back of my student university magazine for a graduate scheme at Ogilvy Group, an advertising graduate scheme written by a brilliant copywriter called Roy Sutherland, who was a bit of a god. And I was totally captured by the way this chap could put words together to make me go and want to change my career and not be an accountant and go and work in advertising and marketing. And through my career, I've been often a bit frustrated with, with marketing because I think marketing often ends up being the you know product sits somewhere else and then marketers mm. are asked to, can you just go and do some advertising to get this thing out the door? And it's a bit like, you know, you can't put lipstick on a pig if it's a shit product. Yeah. You can't do anything with it. It doesn't matter how many fucking pens you put your logo on. And actually, the business that we worked in, Greg, together was a little bit like that. So a few years ago, I very much decided that if I was going to continue to work in marketing, I wanted to work across product and marketing. So I wanted to build the thing that I had to push out there. And I adopted a mantra. There's a, a my favorite marketing quote by the consultant Peter Drucker is the aim of marketing is to make selling superfluous, that you are just, you're not flogging something, you're creating yeah. something so awesome that people just want it. And then you're just opening the channels of communication. And I think that's absolutely key whenever you're taking anything to market is about starting with the, the customer. And that's something that so many people, you know, you've got to have a, so many people trot out that, you know, you've got to do your customer research and have that insight and, and all that kind of thing. But actually for me, it's, I don't even talk about customers. I like to talk about humans. So I'm in the business of, you know, taking a product that humans want to humans and talking to them like humans. And with my team, I don't talk about customers, I talk about humans. And it's not like, it's not how would you you know, talk about energy or technology or, you know, how they switch their their supply when they move the house with customers. It's about how would you do it to your mum or your granny or yeah. how would you explain to that customer right now? So I think that absolute, for me, it's always been absolutely sitting, you know, kind of shoulder to shoulder with the humans who will take your product and really understanding the basis of, of what they want for it. And then putting that together and, you know, communicating them with them via channels that work but it's constantly stripping almost I you know I, I'm very <laughs> get laughed at a little bit in my team that you know we don't really have brand guidelines kind of do mm. but they've kind of snuck in without me I don't have a brand pyramid or brand strategy or like a marketing <laughs> plan or a roadmap none of that shit like I just you know I have a great product that I obsess over making it better I obsess over the customer service and the customer experience I look after customers every day on Twitter and emails I'm really really close to them and I work incredibly quickly with my team to make changes that make things better. So we do all our creative in-house. I don't use agencies. If I want to do a new ad, if I want to change a piece of communications, if I want to build a new thing front-end, the front-end team work for me as well. I literally get it done and I don't kind of wait and see where it is on a roadmap. So I think it's really, really been really, really close to humans understanding what I think it is that they need and building it really quick. It's satisfying, isn't it? Having the autonomy, tools, capabilities just to do what you want to do and what, what you know is right. Because you've always yeah. known each other for some time and you've always been obsessed with, you know, not just getting stuff done, but getting the right thing done. You And I think you are one of the few marketers who I can, who I would absolutely say is obsessed with it. And, and I think it also goes to show that you don't, you know, at Finder, we also don't have brand pyramids or brand guidelines. I mean, I think I'd feel sick if we had them. You just mm. say and do what you need to do at the right moment for your humans. And that's surely is what any business needs to do, yep. to, you know, to be a successful business. And, and yep. that's obviously why you've grown at such a remarkable rate. You just get stuff done. And I, th I think the other thing I'd also say is, I know that you agree with this as well, is it's not about waiting until something's 100% perfect to get it launched, whether it's an ad, a piece of copy, whatever it is. 
just get it done and then improve it and build on it as you go because your humans or your customers will tell you if it's not right yeah and to just get stuff done yeah um, yeah absolutely and just don't tie yourself up in knots it's funny actually i was talking to no. a member of my team the other day and she, she was writing a cus- an email to a customer where we had to, you know, we kind of slightly let that customer down. Hmm. And she, so it was a difficult kind of email to write, but she wrote it, she sent it to me and I'm like, that's the most corporate email ever. You kind of like, this is, you know, if you were writing to like a friend and you were like, I'm really sorry, we can't do this for you. It hasn't worked. I thought we could do it and we can't do it. So what we're going to do is this, you know, don't hmm. say, you know, dear, I must apologize. We are incredibly disappointed to report that, you know, I'm like, why, why are you writing weird? Like, like, that's not, this is a human, you're a human. Don't sign up for your job title. Just, you know. <laughs> Don't start with hi. I'd just like to introduce myself. I'm so and so from you know for the marketing. Well, they know that, like they know that already. It's just, <laughs> you know? um, and I think people kind of put these layers of complexity around actually what is what are very very simple act- interactions between humans, and we are programmed to get on with each other, right? We are programmed. Animals are programmed to bond and to form into communities and to get on with each other and to make friends because that's just inherent in our in our nature to protect each other. So actually anything we do to put stuff in the way of that is a bit strange, really. We're actually, you know, we're all just kind of cavemen going, right, you know, let's see if there's there's someone over there we can buddy up with to protect ourselves against the saber-toothed tigers. What have we got in common? Tell you what, I'll share this thing with you. If you can share that, I'll give you a bit of fire. You can give me a, you know, a bit of fur and let's be friends. And I think I just take try and take it back to that level at, at all times. I think there's a couple of hashtags coming out. Hashtag keep it simple and hashtag be human. <laughs> Yeah. Well, don't forget that we're human. <laughs> yeah, totally. And I think I think that's it. It's just any, um, yeah, just that. Just take it right, right back to how do we interact with people? And you know, we all, we, yeah, we all want to make friends. We all want to make friends and, and share stuff and share good stuff with each other to you know continue to grow humanity. Mm. And that's what I try and do. Well, you do it brilliantly. You have done for the many years we've known each other. And I've got just one final question to round us off. You know, when it comes to creating partnerships. What does the future hold for both of you being Rebecca Simkin and Dr. Synergy Group? So I just like meeting as many people and businesses as possible and just understanding how we might work together. You know, we love to work. I love to work with interesting people. We love to work with interesting people, whether it's, and when we think about, I look after partnerships as well in my role and whether that's a partnership with, you know, a brand that we might want to do something strategic with or have a relationship because actually the two brands working together will, you know, get us some PR or let us develop something together or whether it's that, you know, it's a relationship which is a bit more transactional where, you know, we might sell something or buy something to them. I think it's just about meeting as, you know, keeping all your doors open at all, at all times in both your professional life and your personal life to try and, to try and make friends, right? Just try and, you know, there's a thing, nothing more nice than being a human who's trying to make friends with other humans and making the world a slightly friendlier place just be nice just be nice it's nice. not hard don't be a twat we're gonna add that to our hashtags don't be a twat um, <laughs> and be nice and be normal well well look we are not going to leave it another decade otherwise we're, we're going to be in an age bracket which i don't think either of us care to be in but look we'd love to check back in again with you over the coming months but look, thank you so much for joining us. It's always an absolute pleasure and delight, Rebecca Dibsimkin. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining this week's Game Set Matchup. Tune in to hear more about the need to knows and the do's and don'ts when it comes to creating successful business partnerships.